Church, greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me take this time to appreciate you um, for giving us, uh, my wife and I, time off, as I even uh, said last week. Uh, it's been a while since I stood on this pulpit to uh, come give you the word of God and it's been a while since I've been, I've been with you guys, and we really appreciate um, you. We really appreciate the support that you've shown us, the, the prayers that you've prayed for us as we were away. Um, we, we also thank God for the men who stood here on the pulpit to preach God's word um, faithfully, um, declaring God's word to the church. Um, so for five weeks we've been we we have taken um, a break, uh, which which was not planned, right? <laughs> so the plan was to go the Sunday after preach one last sermon from James, and then go and and be with my wife as as she was giving birth. Um, but unfortunately, um, as as things go, uh, the baby decided to come earlier than than expected, and we we thank God for that. Um, let me also welcome Steph and Denise and family. Uh, it's, it's always a pleasure to, to be with you guys. Um, and as well, uh, new visitors, um, the, the Maseko family, Mpumi um, and Sasa. Uh, so welcome uh, to, to Central Baptist Church. Get to know them. Uh, after tea and, 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 and coffee uh, over fellowship. Um, and get to know Steph's family as well. Um, so, yeah. Um, we, we conclude <laughs> from James today. Uh, James chapter 5, James chapter 5, verse 19 and 20. This is James' concluding remarks um, as, as we've, we've looked at this letter for several weeks now. And um, we now conclude... Uh, the book as we consider verse 19 and verse 20. And we consider verse 20 on the subject of, uh, verse 19 and verse 20, on the subject of rescuing the straying. Rescuing the straying. Let us read God's word. James chapter 5, verse 19 to verse 20. This is God's word. Let us hear him. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. This is God's word. Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, Indeed, our prayer is that you will impart your ancient words in our hearts, that you will take your word and shape us with it. You will take your word and, 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 and strengthen us and, and sanctify us in your truth. For your word is truth. Teach us your ways, O Lord. Give us the strength to walk in your ways. Let your Holy Spirit work in our hearts as we hear your word. Give me the ability to communicate your word with clarity of speech and clarity of thought. 
that you may be honored and all the glory may come to you. In Jesus' blessed name we pray. Amen. As I've said that we spent several weeks considering the letter that James writes to the believers that were uh, scattered outside Jerusalem because of the persecution that they were experiencing, the persecution due to their faith. And James has been at pains in this letter uh, pointing out that Christianity is not just a matter of believing certain truth propositions, but that these truth propositions must produce a different kind of life in the Christian. It, it, it must produce a life in the Christian that displays the fact that we have been transformed by the gospel. You see, in Christianity, faith and, and practice are not two opposing ideas, right? Granted, we believe that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, right? But the Bible also shows us, when you look at the testimony of the Bible, that, uh, that saving faith is never alone. In other words, when one is truly saved, the proof that they are truly saved will be seen in a transformed life, will be seen in their good deeds. Right? In other words, one cannot say that they have encountered Christ and remain the same. A, a true encounter with God transforms our lives. In other words, the, the, the true faith is displayed in the works it produces. James's point in this letter is, is that nothing in our social, domestic, church, or work lives should escape the influence of the gospel. Right? Everything must be permeated by the gospel. Whether it's our social life, whether it's our work life, our church life, whether it is our domestic life, it must be permeated by the transforming power of the gospel. The, the, the gospel, if you want to uh, uh, summarize the whole letter of James, you'll see that uh, the summary goes like this, that the, the, gospel trans, uh, the, the gospel transformed life responds to trials with joy, to, to temptations with soberness, to, to God's word with faith and, and humility, to, to, to the needy with compassion and generosity, to the rich and poor with impartiality, to, to the role of teaching with caution and, and wisdom, to speech with a brittled tongue, to, to conflicts with grace, to, to the future with trust in God, to suffering with patience, prayer, and cheerfulness. That's the message that James is bringing. But before he concludes, he, he goes into pastoral mode, right? We again see his pastoral heart as he concludes this letter. He is concerned with how the church responds to those who stray away from the truth. Those who have strayed away from a gospel-centered life. He, 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 his response is not that we should say to them, good riddance. We never needed them anyways. But 
what James wants to show us is that the church should seek the restoration of those who have strayed from the truth. In other words, every single believer, every single Christian is important in the eyes of God. And the church must have the very same view to see each and every single member, every believer, as important and precious in the sight of God. In these concluding remarks, James leaves us with two things that we need to think about. First of all, we need to think about the danger of sin. And secondly, we need to think about the, the blessing of Christ's community. The danger of sin the blessing of Christ's community. Let us look at the first one. The first concluding remark that he makes, the, the danger of sin. Look at verse 19. James says, My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth. If anyone among you wanders from the truth. You see, if there's anything that is a threat to the vitality and progress of the Christian, it is sin. If anything, if there's anything that undermines God's sanctifying work in the believer, it is sin. Graham Cole says, sin is the great spoiler. It spoils our relation to God. It spoils our relation to each other, to ourselves and, and to our environment. James warns here, against the danger of sin. Notice in this verse, he says, his first warning is that sin is a danger to anyone. Right? Sin is a danger to anyone. Look at verse 19 again. He says, my brothers, if anyone among you... Do, do, do you see those words? Right? If anyone among you wonders from the truth. In other words, these are people that are part of the local church. And not only that, I go as far as saying that these are believers. Notice how he uses that uh, affectionate uh, term for, for the believers, right? That he's been using in all the letter, my brothers. My brothers, in other words, it's a generic term for, for brothers and sisters. It refers to those who have entrusted their lives to Christ. He says, if anyone among you, my brothers, wanders from the truth. James's point is that no one is exempt from the danger of sin. No one is exempt. Sin is, is impartial. It is, it is a danger to everyone. Think, think about David, right? David, a man after God's own heart. A, a man who, who, who wrote psalms that, 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 that praised God, that raised the name of the Lord and exalted the Lord. A man who had experienced great political prosperity. He had experienced great success 
in his life. But on one fateful day, he, he found himself giving in to lust and, and committing adultery with another man's wife. Well, how about Peter? Peter the apostle, right? When, when Christ sat down with the apostles and, 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 and told them that one of you will betray me, and, and again he, 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 he went on to say that you will all forsake me. And Peter looks at Christ and says, I will never forsake you. Even if it came to dying, I will, all, I will continue to be with you. But a few hours later, what was happening to Peter? He was denying Christ, even with an oath. So what, what James wants us to recognize here is how sin is no respecter of persons. Right? It doesn't matter if you are a CEO in a, in a, in a, in a corner office or a homeless man in a street corner. Sin is no respecter of persons. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor who's been a pastor for years or you're a new believer. Sin is no respecter of persons. There are many Christians who put themselves in, in, in compromising possession, positions, saying that they will not fall, but the, at the end of the day, they find themselves regretting the choices that they made, the decisions that they took, the compromising positions that they put themselves in. Let, let me give you an example. Think about a man who, <clears throat> when, when before they, they became a Christian, was a drunkard, right? A drunkard. That man has no business hanging out in bars. That man has no business hanging out with drunkards. And people say, no, I'm strong. I will not fall. And this is what Paul says to those kind of people. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, he says, Let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he falls. Anyone who thinks that they are strong, let them be careful. Right? Let them be careful lest they fall. James warns here that Sin is a danger to anyone. But he does not only warn about that, he also continues to say, sin is wandering from the truth. It is wandering from the truth. The, the word that he uses here for wander describes straying away. It, it speaks of forsaking something that you once held to, something that you once stood for. It, it is choosing a contrary path to the one that you once walked on. Bear in mind with me, brothers and sisters, that straying or wandering is not leaving one path for a better one. Right? But it is like leaving clean water to go and drink sewage water. This is what sin does. It promises joy 
but it delivers sorrow. It promises fulfillment, but it delivers remorse and regret. And notice with me that this strain is strain from the truth. The, the truth here refers first to the word of God. The, the word of God is truth. In John chapter 17, 17, Jesus Christ in his highest priestly prayer prays saying, sanctify them in your word. Your word is what? Truth. Sanctify them in your word. Your word is truth. In other words, to stray away from truth is to stray away from the word of God. This person is wandering from the truth of God's word. They don't want to hear it anymore. They don't want the truth anymore. They don't want to expose themselves to the reality of God's word anymore. And this is often reflected of oftentimes when someone leaves a place where the Bible is faithfully being preached to go to a place where the Bible is hardly opened at all. Or even when it is opened, it is never explained. They open it and they continue on with other important things. Right? A place where people want to hear prophecy. They want to be prophesied to. That they want deliverance. They want, they, they, they want all these things. They want miracles. Straying away from the truth of God's word. And isn't that what Paul says that will happen in the, in the last days? Right? He, he, he warns Timothy about these last days in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. Listen to what Paul says. Listen to what Paul says about these last days. He says, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. Let me digress a bit. That word sound teaching is from the Greek word hugiano. Um, this is where we get our English word hygiene. Right? In other words, Paul is saying that a time is coming when people will, will do what? Will wander away from teaching that is healthy for their souls. Listen to what he continues to say. They will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. Teachers who say things that they want to hear. Right? Teachers who tell them that you are blessed. Even though they, they are in sin, teachers who don't call them to repent, but who tell them your house is coming. Your car is coming. Your, 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 your employment is coming. You know, all these things are coming, but they never tell them about repentance and trust in the Lord. It says, and they will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away into myths. Do you see what is happening here? Wandering from the truth is wandering from the sound teaching of God's word. But not only that, wandering from the truth 
is wandering away from Christ. It is wandering away from Christ. In, in John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can go to the Father except by me. Brothers and sisters, to wander from the truth is to wander away from the true way. To, to wander from the truth is to wander away from the source of life himself. James warns about this. But praise the Lord, right? Praise the Lord that when we wander away from Christ, Christ does not wander away from us. Praise the Lord that when we forsake him, he continues to pursue us. He doesn't give up on us. And I'm glad this is the case, right? Because I am prone to wonder. I am prone to live the God I love. And if my salvation depended on me, I would have lost it a long time ago. If my faith depended on me, I would have lost it a long time ago. And praise the Lord that Christ continues to hold me fast. Christ is the shepherd that leaves the 99 in the field and runs and pursues after that one straying and lost sheep. And this is the heart that Christ wants the church to share. And which we see here in the second concluding remarks James make. The second concluding remark that James makes here is the blessing of Christ's community. We see that in verse 19b. And verse 20, look at, look at what he says. Look at what James says here. He says, if anyone, wanders among you, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, that is the danger of sin, right? Then he continues to say, and someone brings him back. Let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. The good news is that those who are wandering away from the truth are not left to their own devices. Christ continues to call them to himself. And one of the ways he does this is by using the church as an agent of reconciliation, as an agent of restoration, as an agent of rescue. Christ uses ordinary means like you and I to draw the strain, the wandering back into his grace. Notice the phrase in verse 19. He says, someone brings him back. Someone brings him back. Oftentimes when people wander into truth, away from truth, I've noticed that there are two kinds of responses from Christians that are unbiblical. Two kinds of responses that are, are not honoring to God. The, the, the first response, when a brother or sister 
wonders from the truth is that instead of grieving and seeking to restore that person, people laugh, right? And they start to gossip about that particular person. The person who wandered away from truth and fell into sin, they start to laugh and gossip about them. That person, instead of being, you know, part of their prayers, becomes part of their gossip. They start to talk about this person. This person becomes a subject of discussion in which they, 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 they are being gossiped about. They are being laughed at. You hear things like, he thought or she thought she was better than us. Look at him now. Look at her now. Second, the second ungodly response to a straying brother or sister is excusing sin. And this, I think, is the most popular. Instead of calling that brother or sister to repent from sin, they say things like to that person, let me give you an example. A sister or a brother is involved in an, in an immoral relationship. And you know about it. And instead of calling them to repent, you hear people saying things like, as long as you are happy. Or you hear things like, follow your heart, Chomi. Follow your heart, friend. For those who need subtitles, friend. <laughs> Or, who am I to judge? Right? We, we hear these things oftentimes, right? A, a believer is engaging in an immoral lifestyle and you know about it and you encourage their lifestyle by not telling them what the Bible says. This, this was happening in Corinth, right? There was a, a scandalous sin that had entered the church in Corinth. A man was sleeping with his father's wife. And instead of the church grieving about this sin, instead of the church calling this man to repentance, they said, who am I to judge? Listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. He says, it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you of a kind that is not even tolerated among pagans. For a man has his father's wife. Are you arrogant? Or you not rather to mourn? Let him who has done this thing be removed from among you. Right? Don't say, who am I to judge? Don't say, if as long as this relationship makes you happy. As long as you are happy. Don't say that. Come with the biblical truth. Because the voice that matters now is not the voice that, that is going to make you happy. The voice that matters now is the voice of God. What is God saying about this? To bring a, a wandering brother or sister is to remind them of what God says in his word about sin. It is to speak the word of God. Today, in our age, speaking truth has been confused 
with being unloving. In other words, when you tell them, when you tell people that what they are doing is wrong, you are considered unloving. Now, now think about this for a minute. If a building was on fire and you had the ability to rescue this person who is inside that building and you, 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 you go into that building, you break the door and you find this person drinking a glass of water and, and the, the building is on fire. And, and you sound the alarm and you tell them the building is on fire and they said, relax, I'm fine. I don't need your help. I'm fine. I'm going to be fine. I'm drinking a glass of water when the, the fire catches me um, because I'm, I'm hydrated. I won't burn at all. Are you going to say, okay, as long as you are happy and then leave? You're going to drag them out of there. Right? Is that unloving to do? That, that, that when you are dragging them, that is actually a display of love. Bringing back a wandering brother or sister is speaking the truth of God's word. It, it is to bring the sober truth of God's word when they are drunk with self-deception. It is to lovingly warn them of the consequences of following after sin, to speak the truth with love. You see, brothers and sisters, when, when someone chooses a life of sin, when, when they choose falsehood over truth, may it never be that they choose that kind of life without being warned. Right? May it never be that they stray into that kind of life without being told the truth of God. May they do so without any excuse that I was not warned. The, the, the concern for the wandering brother or sister is a concern for their soul. In other words, the stakes are high. The stakes are really, really high. Look at verse 20. Verse 20 says, Let him know that whoever brings a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death. Do you see that? Whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death. The, the stakes are really high. Right? Be, because we know that a life of habitual sin will end up in hell. In fact, James has already warned about this. In chapter 1, James has already said this. Verse 13, he says, Let no one who is tempted say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. Verse 14, listen to this. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth what? 
death. Sin, brothers and sisters, is not a thing to play with. It is not a thing to, to flirt with. I, I know this is hardly said on pulpits today. People want to hear about how blessed they are. But sin is not something to play with. What does it profit a man to live his life to his fullest lusts, to live his life to his fullest sinful desire, but yet forfeit his soul? God has placed the believer in a position where if one believer strays from the fold, that other believer is a rescuing agent of God, is an agent of reconciliation. And the Bible says we should turn them back from their way of wandering. James says when we do so, we save their soul from death and cover a multitude of sin. When someone wants to stray away from the truth and you call them back to repent and they repent, praise the Lord that the sins that they were planning to, 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 to commit, they won't commit anymore. A multitude of sins are covered. It is better, brothers and sisters, to live a life of repentance when you were planning sin than to live a life of regret after committing sin. As James concludes his remarks here, he reminds us of what a monstrosity sin is and what a blessing it is to be part of Christ's community. Amen. Let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we are truly grateful, truly grateful for your word that calls us back into truth. The word that calls us back to you when we are straying indeed, Lord, we are prone to wander, prone to live the God we love. The strength to follow your commands indeed could never come from us. But we thank you for your grace that enables us, that strengthens us, that gives us the capacity and the joy of working in your word. We thank you, Lord, for what you continue to do in our lives. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.